Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Suns, part of Locked On Podcast Network. Today's always most Evan Sider and my co host, Brendan Clean. You can follow me on Twitter at East Sider. You can follow Brendan on Twitter at Brendan Clean14. Also, make sure to follow our Locked On Suns Twitter page if you aren't already at Locked On PHX Suns. Your support is very much appreciated, as always. We're joining you guys today for our usual recap episodes live from Talk Series Arena. We're going to do it a little bit different, really, for you guys today. 118 91 was the final score. The Timberwolves just blew the doors off the Suns. Devin Booker got ejected in this game, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, but. First off, there was some news that broke before tip-off today around 5 o'clock Arizona time, so about two hours before, on the way to the game for both of us. And we kind of the bright side of the Sun group chat we had, we kind of blew up for a few minutes because Mike Conley, Memphis Grizzlies, and also Marcus Gasol, but mostly for the Suns, Mike Conley, is now available for trade. He's yeah. by far the best point guard option that we've seen on the trade block in the past year or two since Eric Bledsoe left. If you're the Suns, do you go after Mike Conley? Because from my opinion, I think it's no hesitation. If it's a fair deal, you go get him because he fits perfectly within the timeline. His contract doesn't interfere with Aiden or Bridges' extensions. Yeah. I think it makes too much sense for him not to at least pursue. What do you say? I agree completely. I think the the thing that's held me back from guys like John Wall or you know even trying to pay Kemba Walker this summer is you're just looking at a team that gets expensive in a hurry and worried about if if that guy, whether it's you know Wall or whoever, is worth doing that. Is he worth? You know, pigeonholing yourself, you kind of are set with that roster. And I think Conley, first of all, is a, a better player than most of the guys in that category of, of veteran guys and also doesn't have those problems because he's on a shorter contract. So I think from both of those perspectives, it, it makes a ton of sense. And then you get to the, the, the fit part, both within Kokoshkov's system and next to Devin Booker. I think he's about as good as you're going to find in a realistically available target. Um, can play on or off the ball, great shooter, great defender, great passer, but doesn't you know need to dominate the ball. He's not a 32% usage kind of player. He's, he can play within a team structure and, and be pretty effective, especially as he gets closer. I mean, he's probably, is he past 30 already? Yeah, he's 31, I think. So I think it's, it's pretty ideal from all angles. And like you said, I always think of it as paying Aiton, but, but Bridges too. I mean, they're going to have to want to, they're probably going to want to keep both of those guys. They're both going to get expensive. Conley has a player option in 2020, and then he would expire 2021, which would line up perfectly to do that. So it, it makes perfect sense from a lot of different angles if you feel like he does fit as well as it seems like he would. From a salary point of view, I've seen they want to attach Chandler Parsons to that, but from the Suns' point of view, that's literally impossible for this season. It had to be in the offseason for I mean, that to happen. It's impossible for a lot of teams. It's like you said, about $55 million. There's not a lot of teams who have $55 million. Where that's, that's more than half the, the cap for this year yeah. just to – get one guy basically in Conley they don't even most teams don't even have enough players to do that so they're gonna have a hard time doing that but I think it's a no-go for the Suns yeah from that point of view I feel like from the Memphis side of things you really can't attach Parsons you actually want to get legitimate value back for a guy like Mike Conley and we were both talking before we went on the air about Marcus Gasol I don't think they're gonna get much value off for a guy like Marcus Gasol at this point so if you're the Suns what do you think is a fair offer and what do you think Memphis would at least listen to because for me I think that something like the Bucks pick, the Suns pick this year, top three protected, because it's going to be a really a pretty penny when you th- factor the next guy on the list here. Ryan Anderson has expiring contract, which is going to be about $20 million next year if he's traded and not stretched. And then also one of the wings, which has to work for salary reasons, TJ Warren, Josh Jackson are the two obvious ones. You could throw Mikhail Bridges as well, but I don't think it's going to happen. But So either Warren or Jackson plus Anderson plus the Bucks pick plus the Suns top three protected pick this year or unprotected next year. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, kind of the package you immediately go to, and we've hit on a pretty similar type of deal for just about everybody. That's kind of the, the only pieces the Suns have to 
to mess around with at this point in any trade discussion. And I think they could probably get it done without that Bucks pick. I, I really think they would need, you know, their pick this year. I, I said top one protected because I think the only guy I care about, the only guy I think they would actually want to draft is Zion Williamson. They have kind of they need John Morant. So. Yeah, they don't need John Morant. They, you know, they would take a Cam Reddish or DeAndre Hunter if they if they ended up having to take a guy in June. But yeah. I don't think they're in a hurry to do that. So if you protect that pick number, you know, just top one only, throw in Anderson's deal, just they have to for salary. He's their only big salary at this point aside from Booker. And then, I mean, I think Josh is probably the better prospect, the better asset there. The Grizzlies, if they're really blowing it up, don't really need T.J. Warren. But um, I, I think that's a competitive offer. I, I think you start there, and then if you need to, you can compete with other teams by throwing in the Bucks pick, maybe some loose end, Dragon Bender, after his sudden reclamation effort here. But um, I think the Suns are, are going to be in play for this for sure. It seems like really you look around the league right now, though, there's really not many teams that need a point guard. Orlando, yeah. it doesn't make sense for them to go after a guy like Mike Conley, in my opinion. The Suns really are one of the few teams, in my opinion, out, if you're, unless you're a playoff contender like the Pacers maybe, someone like that, but they don't have the assets like the Suns do. So I think really if they really want to move Mike Conley, Memphis does. I think Phoenix is really right near pole position. Yeah, Orlando's a little – it's tough to gauge them because I think they're further away from winning a championship but closer to making the playoffs. Okay, yeah. You know what I Eastern mean? So like yeah. they could – they could probably like if they acquire Conley I think you feel pretty good about them making the playoffs so if that matters to them maybe they do get involved but I think that does handicap them if they give up their pick they're pigeonholing themselves they don't have as many young players as the Suns do but that's the only realistic team it's the one we come back to every time Dennis Smith Jr. we just talked about a week ago is the same thing well Orlando or Phoenix and I think that's what these teams are realizing is there's not a lot. So if you're not getting a good package from either one of those teams, you're probably not going to trade that guy. But I think the Suns will. That's a good point you bring up there. And I guess anything else you want to hit on with Conley before we go into some takeaways from today's game? No, I'd reiterate that if the Suns include Parsons, it would be a disaster. But I don't think that's going to happen. No, yeah, I'm totally there with you. And I think the offer I laid out, I think, is pretty fair for both sides. But let's just quickly hit today's game though Brandon 118-91 was the final score I know you guys probably don't want to listen to another 30 point loss recast we're going to keep things a little tidy and short for you today this is really just a rough rough really rough one from the first 20 minutes of this game and it really got out of hand after that but Dragon Bender had a strong game surprisingly I'm shocked seeing his name in 2019 to be honest 13 points 10 rebounds 2 assists Josh Jackson had a season high 27 points 10 rebounds 3 assists I was kind of joking with you when I said this at the media section but it feels like to be honest this is his good his really every game he's had as far as scoring goes it's in a blowout loss yeah I mean I think it's it's kind of a chicken and egg type of situation there I, I was thinking about that after you said it and it feels sort of like um he I think that's ideal because it shows me at least that maybe he's learning from those um bad nights where he takes 20 shots and makes six of them and the, he's sort of the reason the team loses. It seems like he's on good nights when this team's competitive, playing a smaller role, and then nights like this when they were without what you could argue is their four best players at the very end of the game. Yeah. He started taking a few more, and I think that's reasonable. Who else was going to do it? So um, minus 15, definitely not as pretty as his plus 12 the other day, but he was by far the Suns' best player, even when Booker was on the court today. Yeah, what's really surprising, we'll get into it, in the last segment here was about Booker and the Gorgie Jank situation. We really kind of made the game fun today, even though it was a 27-point loss for the Suns. But you look at it with Jackson and possibly T.J. Warren, by the way, who went out at the end of the first half with an ankle sprain and 
from what it sounds like with you and Koshkov, it sounds like he might not play Thursday. So they could be without yeah. Warren and Aiden and Rashawn Holmes. Potentially. Yeah, and Booker, if he shows up or not, could be a guy who might not really produce in the box score. So Josh Jackson might be taking 25 shots on Thursday. Yeah, I mean, I guess I, I kind of spoke a little too soon there, too. I think Kelly Oubre had a really nice game tonight. Um, he was aggressive after Booker got out. I think he he was not involved in the, the skirmish, but it's Kelly Oubre, so he's going to be tangentially involved he in, went any, in, he went in, there, yeah. in any kind of noise that happens on the court. You know, he's going to be right around that area in a few minutes. So uh, he had, you know, 5 of 10 shooting, another efficient night from him. But the thing that stood out, him and Josh, too, uh, three blocks from each of those guys. Ubre was like genuinely protecting the rim, the rim from the weak side. Which, uh, not to go back to that, but the the Stark Kelly bandwagon. It's been a need for if he can play defense yeah. like that, it's it's going to be a big help. It's something Warren's not doing, and it's uh, a thing you could tuck yourself into if you're going to get defense like that. It looks a whole lot better to have him in that starting lineup. Playing devil's advocate, though, because I mean I've seen Kellen Olson bring this up as well over in Arizona Sports, and you think about it, Jackson and Ubre seem to be a really good combo together, especially when you sure. see the blocks to tonight as well do you think those guys should stay together and play as much as possible together because especially after tonight's game and really over the past week or so those guys really seem to have a good chemistry together yeah they do and that's you know part of I think what they're trying to balance is the second unit was such an issue for so long and I think it's it's getting better mostly because of those two guys obviously Rashawn Holmes when he's in there is a plus as well but I've seen a lot of people um, on the internet now that's not trustworthy but advocating for for Jackson and Uber to start and and another guy who really kind of disappeared tonight DeAnthony Melton playing off the bench you know maybe the same amount of minutes but switch it all go point book in the starting lineup get that ball handling with Jackson I don't know if I'd go that far but that would be one way to keep them together that, that actually does sound a little fun to be honest when you think more about it but let's hit one more positive I mean we've hit on Uber we've hit on Jackson we've hit on Bender there's really not much as other positives in this one, but what did you think about Devin Booker and his 24 minutes he played, even though he did put 14 points and four assists? It seemed like from the get-go in the first few minutes of that game, you kind of tell something was off with him. Yeah, I, I actually wrote in the recap at Bright Side of the Sun, like something's just not not normal today. I mean, kind of cap, uh, take it back to Sunday, too. It was a similar type of just quiet. He's not his aggressive self. I mean, he was getting out in transition early in this one. He did that again on – he did that also on Sunday. But uh, just a weird game from him. I mean, you know, productive, I guess, but just not the typical player we've seen, especially, you know, he's a guy who always seems to respond when opposing stars start to go off. Towns obviously did that tonight. He scored 25 points, 18 rebounds, 7 assists, just was a monster, especially in the first half. We saw that with Joel Embiid it when Philly came to town, Booker responded with one of his best scoring nights of the year. It just didn't happen, but um, we might as well move on, speaking of Booker, to what happened in that that fourth, third quarter? Yeah, third End quarter. of the third quarter uh, with Booker. They were. It was kind of a weird setup because it wasn't like a broken play after no. you know some stare down. It was they were setting up to do an inbounds play. They, and Booker created contact initially yeah, and drew yeah. a foul, and that's what he's, got he's setting off. into defensive position. Basically, Jenks trying to set a screen or whatever's about to happen on that inbounds play, and and they got they got really heated at each other in a hurry. Quincy Ac kind of tried to. You could say he was splitting them up. You could Try say he was. Enforcer, you yeah. could say he was also kind of pushing Jang. However, you want to see it, and then it just it erupted all of a sudden. And Booker's yelling at him. Ubre, like I said, got involved. Jang's separated off to the side, just like dead eyeing Booker oh. from across the court. And then 
Uh, if you want to turn to the meme part of the night, yeah. we can, we can yeah, we, talk we about that. We can, because that that's what made the third quarter fun for me until I noticed that the score was still 25-point deficit for the Suns, and it was Booker and Jang. Jang initially said they were staring at each other, like, like you were saying, Brennan, and then Jang mounts to him, meet me in the back, and then Booker looks at him, he's like, okay. And he starts running back there, and then the security, head of security, has to grab him like he's holding a dog on a leash yep. and has to hold him back. And Booker breaks away, by the way, so we don't know what happened. Maybe they encountered in the back of the walkers. Who knows? Yeah, I, but heard the, I heard the security guy saying they were both walking slowly by the time they got back there. So the locker room attendant was yeah. like, oh, it was all pretty calm by the time they got back here. So who knows? But it's a long distance just for people who haven't been down here. From where that guy, Jang, would have entered the tunnel compared to where Booker entered the tunnel. It's like a 60-second run. <laughs> they yeah. would have had to be, like, sprinting, and it still would have taken a while. So hopefully that was enough time to cool them down. What did you just think about that, though? I mean, kind of cascaded tonight's events, especially when you tie it back in with Booker. Just, like, it just seemed like from the get-go he was off, and then you think about this memeable event with yeah. him. It just... I don't know what was wrong with him tonight and against Minnesota on Sunday either. Just a weird two-game stretch, and really three of the past five games he's been back, he hasn't looked the same. Yeah, I mean, you hope it's uh, – not to say you hope somebody's in pain, but at least that would be an explanation if the back spasms were, were causing him discomfort again, if it's the hamstring, just you could point to any number of he's clearly battered at this point in the year, only even though it's only about 50 games in. So hopefully, you know, for – his own sake for the team's sake it is a, a physical thing because that's something you can fix yeah. you could sit him again you can uh treat it um if it's if it's a you know just a weird couple of days that's a bigger issue i mean that's not really something you can afford to do you know it's not it, igor says it's just about every single time booker's name comes out of his mouth he talks about how he's their best player and they need every ounce of everything he can give them every single night we know that this team's not competitive without devin booker so from that perspective, it's it's pretty embarrassing. I mean, he should be looking. I understand being frustrated. We all we all are frustrated watching this team. A yeah. Twenty-seven point loss. Like, we get it. And the foul thing is sort of starting to get out of hand. I, I think there are several plays over the past couple of weeks you can point to that Kelly Oubre getting just smashed in midair and and nothing getting called or just just different plays. Booker was getting a lot of defensive fouls called on him that were that kind of weird, sketchy yeah. today too. Yeah. So, um, I I understand all of it, but you got to play basketball. And That's one, your job. One of the technicals was Booker as well. After Jackson, I think, made a dunk. Yeah. He got a weird technical off the bench. He must have said something to the yeah. ref or taunted someone. And it was just... Yeah, that's true. The first technical was like he wasn't even playing. He wasn't even standing. He just kind of like they all leapt out of their seat to just, you know, yell about the call. And apparently out of all that noise, the ref heard something specific Booker said that was out of line. And that was his first tech that led to the ejection with the second one. But just a weird weird night for him on on all fronts so hopefully he plays thursday i don't see why he wouldn't yeah. and get back to normal it's going to be tough sledding if they miss tj too because that means without tj and aiden that's going to be a lot of really workload for a guy like devin booker yeah after just coming back from backspaces let me ask this question like really close today's episode out and i i know listeners aren't going to like this question because it's the same thing that happened last year but at this same point last season the suns were better than they are now they're 11 and 30 on the season they have about 10 games or so before the all-star break and they play one team that, that is near them as far as the atlanta hawks go yeah. the other ones are in the right in the midst of the playoff chase so it could be a really ugly stretch for them before the all-star break let's just say hypothetically here they win maybe one or two games in the next 10 or 15 games and they're 13 and 45 13 and 50 if Booker's still like getting these nicks and knacks, is he getting shut down again? Would you shut him down again? 
I think it depends on how the rest of things look. I mean, if, if they haven't made any progress and it, it's still rough every night like this, which I don't, something big would have to change for that to completely change course, then I think you want him out there. I think you want him playing with this team, leading this team and, and developing chemistry. Tanking, tanking wouldn't be a good look either. <laughs> Not again. I mean, and we've talked all the time multiple times now this year on this podcast and everywhere else it's not a great draft this is not a you're going to get the fifth pick and end up with trey young type of draft this is a if you don't get zion you might be kind of it's like the alex len draft but maybe not quite as bad as that one so i think it it, it really shouldn't get to that point but you know if anything worse happens then, then definitely i think there is also a point where you get to where you're like, okay, it's just not worth it's not worth it. So whether you're even trying to lose or not, if the guy's health is a, a big concern, then you just got to make that decision. Yeah, Sun just interesting to keep monitoring because the Sun season is kind of going down the tubes as we speak here. They've been losing a lot of games lately and not really competitively either. So anything else you want to hit on on today's podcast as far as Conley news, this game, I know even this 27-point loss for the Suns, but... There was at least a meanable event out of the Devin Booker ejection. No, I think the only thing I would add is uh, if DeAndre Ayton is able to play, although he seems to be the most impaired of the he's, two because he was doubtful, maybe. whereas Holmes was questionable going into the game. Obviously, they both didn't play, but Holmes seems a little closer to returning. Um, if Ayton does play, I mean, he was he struggled against Portland the first time around and the second time around. So seeing if, if he can... It's, it's a challenge for him if Warren's not in there, if Booker's still out of sorts. That's a game where you would hope a player like Aiton would step up. Now, we haven't seen that, but, you know, that would be one thing to watch going into Thursday's game. All righty, guys, that'll do it for today's episode. I appreciate you all listening. And as always, the Suns now 11-38 on the season. Their final score was 118-91 as they followed the Minnesota Timberwolves for back-to-back games. We'll be back with you guys tomorrow for our latest episode to recap the Conley News, plus whatever else we hear about.